This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be this lovely Sunday. I am here in Los Angeles. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber. Here, your host for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Live call-in show. <laughs> There's the key right there. Call-in show. We want to hear from you. So um, a couple of ways to do it. Number one, you can just reach us um, by the good old-fashioned telephone, which is 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882 or... Better yet, we'd love for you to join us here live using Zoom. You go on to our website, okay? And from there, you can click on, so it's PetLifeRadio.com. That's an easy one. And then you're going to click on Shows and scroll to Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. Click on Us, and then you will have a Zoom link there. Just click on it, and you can be joining us here live on Zoom with your pet, hopefully. And we can do a little telemedicine, a little telehealth. And, um, and that's kind of a really, it's, it's a new thing. It's a new wave. I got to tell you, there was a statistic about, you know, because of we've been pushing telemedicine for a while as a profession. And then of, of course, with COVID, it just got, it blew up it's because so many hospitals don't let you in. So many hospitals are so overwhelmed that the only way you can get in touch with a doctor is through telemedicine. And so we're getting so used to the process. And interestingly, a survey done that 34% of owners. And by the way, the largest segment of that pet owning population now are millennials, the fastest growing millennials, the most spending millennials. So 34% surveyed said that they would switch away from a veterinary hospital that does not offer some form of telemedicine, telehealth to one that does. So um, that's how popular it's becoming. So if you have anything you want to talk about, uh, join us here on Zoom and we can go live with that. So as you know, I like to start our show with some news uh, around the veterinary world. And uh, on the second part of the show, we are going to talk about something that most people don't want to talk about for themselves. And maybe they don't want to talk about it for their pets, but it's important stuff. And that's aging. What goes on as we age? What can we do about it? Are there things that we can do to help our aging pets? And the answers are, aha, stay tuned for the second part of the show and you'll hear them. Anyway, just some news, which uh, always catches my eye. Uh, this one is not a surprise. Uh, and that is that another, it's called Bravo Packing, uh, has called, recalled their ground beef and performance dog frozen raw formulas. Why? Because of those bad bacteria. In this case, it is Listeria and it is Salmonella. And you also on that list, not on this one, is Campylobacter and E. coli. So very, very important. And, you know, what do we do? So my recommendations are, look, I, I am not a big fan of, of raw meats, of raw, raw, but I do support certain uh, processes that helps eliminate the bad bacteria. I actually have a food out called Optimum. And the only reason I got involved is because people want raw, but I did not like raw. And how do we balance that? How do we get safe raw? So look at some of the other manufacturers out there that are successfully done it. And they've done it by freeze drying and something called HPP, high pressure processing or high pressure pasteurization. And what that process does, it eliminates the bad bacteria, but it doesn't really affect the nutrient value of the food. 
So these foods are still well-balanced. Uh, all the nutrients, the vitamins aren't destroyed, which is what happens when they do heat pasteurization. And then what happens is after that, they're added back in. And then because of my neuroses and my unwillingness to want to do anything bad for a pet, I also insist that every batch that we make is cultured. And they, do a, they run a culture to see if there are any of the bad bacteria. And if so, we, don't, uh, we won't use that batch. So, but there are companies out there, if you like the idea of raw, where you can do it safely. And I, that's what I'd recommend. I'm sure you've heard last, this last week or so about the Soresto collar from Bayer. And um, it's a flea and tick collar that has been implicated in several thousand deaths across the country. And I'm trying to do some more research on it. I have not heard of any particular person. In fact, it would be very helpful to know if you know anyone or yourself that has had a problem with this flea and tick collar, then um, please reach out to me. You can just send me a note with that person's name or your name, phone number to Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And I will follow up because it's very interesting. But one of the, the latest things that I heard is that, and I know this to be true because I have worked for Bayer before and I've worked for other companies as a spokesperson. And I will tell you this, that I, when Trifectus first came out, another flea and tick product, again, laden with all this stuff. When um, something like Frontline came out, and Bayer's Advantix came out. There are so many copycats. We had boxes that were knockoffs. And if, if you didn't know better, if you didn't know what to look for, if you didn't see the, the subtle bleeding of the different colors on the box, you would think you're buying the real thing. And it's not. And so one of the things that has been brought to my attention is that despite all these issues when the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, started researching into this product, there has not been any formal investigation yet. And one of the issues are there are a lot of knockoffs out there that are using different chemicals that are very dangerous, and it is not the real product. So more to come on that, but something just just keep in mind. But if you know anybody who has had problems with that Soresto collar, please let me know. This is very interesting stuff. Um, next case is that we, you know, typically when animals have GI, and when I think about, you know, all the calls I've taken on my AirVet platform, many have to do with gastrointestinal issues, vomiting, diarrhea, you know, not eating. And, and uh, it's interesting to note that we have certain tests that we can do to rule in or rule out problems with the GI tract. It might obviously x-rays, ultrasound, regular blood tests that, that will just give us some ancillary extra abdominal organ dysfunction like kidneys and liver and pancreas. But Nothing specific for the GI tract short of scoping and biopsies. And again, that's the gold standard. But here's interesting new. A new blood test have found markers for gastrointestinal inflammation, gluten sensitivity, intestinal wall damage, which leads to bacterial infection. So now there are new tests that can be done by taking a blood sample that will indicate based on these various markers problems within the gastrointestinal wall itself without necessarily needing to do the other tests, the anesthesia, scope, and biopsy. And what that means is that many cases might be diagnosed without having to take that step. It's never going to replace. I mean, that is, as I said, the scope and biopsy is the gold standard. I mean, you're actually looking at the tissue. You're taking samples of the tissue. But if there are ways to maybe minimize the necessity of that test, then that would be great. One thing we know uh, as we're dealing with the pandemic, that obesity 
on the rise. Call it the pandemic pounds. Call it the pandemic 15 or maybe even pandemic 19. But just as it happens with many of us, it is happening to our pets as well. So here are some recommendations from some of the experts on what to do if you, uh, your poor pooch uh, has been putting on the pounds because of changes in lifestyle when it comes to the pandemic. Well, first of all, limiting treats, very important. Cut back on the amount of food, which is obvious, but do gradually. Or better yet, maybe do a gradual switch to a low-calorie or obesity food, something that is meant to uh, for reduction of caloric intake for animals that are overweight. And there are many brands out there. Just remember, whichever you're going to do, you want to do it gradually. If you're cutting back on the regular food, do it gradually, because if you do it all at once, they're going to look at you like, you're joking, mom, right? That was only part of my meal. Where's the rest? And if you're going to switch to a new food, if you do it rapidly, like all in one day, talk about the, the intestinal problems we just talked about, you're going to see them. Dogs are very sensitive to abrupt changes in anything. And therefore, you might experience, uh, well, not, well, they're going to experience it. You're going to have to clean it up, some uh, vomiting and diarrhea. And of course, increase exercise. Things are lightening up a bit. Uh, in the world. In fact, I just uh, got back, as many of you know, I was in Park City, Utah, and there life goes on. What a difference from LA. LA, right? There's still, everything is closed and restaurants are closed unless they have outdoor seating in Park City, except for having to wear a mask everywhere in public, everything is open. They obviously are practicing social distancing as much as possible. The restaurants are allowed. And I, I heard that Texas is 100% back to normal and no masks, no anything. Missouri and one other state are following suit. It'll be very interesting to see over the next several months or maybe even weeks, are we seeing a rise again in those states? Because here in LA, when I drive to work, when I drive to my hospital, I go down a fairly major thoroughfare called Westwood Boulevard. If you're, I'm sure you've heard of UCLA. It's, it's right near UCLA. I'm right in Westwood. And if I tell you that no less than one-third of all the retail shops, businesses, establishments on a very major street called Westwood Boulevard have for lease or for sale signs, it is so frightening. So um, a lot of businesses, it's very, very sad. So speaking of COVID, because what would, what would our show be in this, uh, these times without uh, something on COVID? San Diego Zoo has been vaccinating their great apes for the COVID vaccine. Now, apparently one of the companies, Pfizer, interestingly, and I got the Pfizer vaccine for myself, is now developing a vaccine for dogs and cats. You know, there was a case of a dog who was tested positive. We know that. But it wasn't sick and it was probably just transient. It just, it kind of like he probably picked it up from his owner. Oh, all the cases, by the way, in household pets are coming from the owners. Every one of them came from households where one or more of the family members were positive for COVID-19. So, you know, and cats, yes, they can get it. They don't transmit it. They haven't. They don't get sick, minor, like the big cats in the zoo. Um, also, a little respiratory things for a couple of days. Nothing. No, no one's, no pets have died. Why Pfizer? By the way, I love the vaccines because I had no reaction whatsoever. And people that gotten Moderna seem to get uh, having more of reaction. They say the second shot's worse than the first. So if you had a really bad reaction the first time, boy, <laughs> hang in there because you're going you're gonna to have a bad reaction. But they are investing and going to do a vaccine for pets. So, you know, what, whatever they want to do, that's okay with me. But I don't know how necessary it is. But as far as the primates... Of course, it's necessary. And you know these animals have to be protected. So I think that's great for the zoo that is uh, protecting these great apes. So the weather's going to get nicer, hopefully, sooner than later. But 
getting ready for spring. So here's some, some, some hazards. You know, a lot of people are into gardening and now with spring, they might be doing some more planting. So here are some warnings. Tulips, daffodils, narcissists, um, hyacinth bulbs are toxic to dogs. And interestingly, lily, many parts of the lily, including the water, that if you have lilies in a vase and you obviously put water, that water, highly toxic to cats. So you need to be very, very careful. I always say, if you have cats in the house and I have six, we need to be very careful. If you if you like plants, they need to stay away from the plants or just make sure that they are non-toxic plants. And you can do a lot of research online to find out which ones to avoid. But I could tell you one thing, lilies are one of them. And there are many others too, by the way. So you wanna be really careful. And uh, also when you're doing spring cleaning, you need to be aware of a lot of the cleaning agents, the cleaning solvents, uh, carpet cleaners, drugs, things that you might keep in a cabinet under your sink, bleach, anything with lye, anything that's extremely basic. These things are highly toxic to our pets. So you need to be very, very careful. We know about childproofing. Well, you need to pet proof as well. And uh, so as these products are going to be coming out, you're going to be using them. Uh, you need to be very careful about your pets. And this is also some next story I think is pretty cool. So it turns out that dogs seem to shun people who have not been good to you. So for example, if you have someone who's wronged you or created a problem for you, and that same person goes to give your dog a treat, your dog's going to walk away. I mean, not every dog. My Labrador would take a treat from his worst enemy. But most dogs, they have this feeling, they sense that there has been some bad blood and therefore, they don't like that person. Interestingly, your cats, on the other hand, they don't give a darn. So they say that cats don't have that ability, that if, in fact, they are with this person and they see this person has hurt you in some way, uh, but then offers your cat a treat, the cat's going to take the treat. So the uh, study, the researchers basically concluded that it's not that cats are less loyal. They don't think that's the case because cats are very loyal. My cats are very loyal. It's just that they don't have that same social evaluation skill as dogs. And as, as we know, dogs, they can recognize our expressions. They see so many things about us that they can sense. And cats may not have the same ability. So it doesn't mean your cat doesn't love you. It doesn't mean doesn't, the cat doesn't want to protect you. It just it means that they don't have that same evaluation ability. So keep that in mind. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about aging. We're going to talk about what are some of the signs what kind of conditions we typically see, and most importantly, what can we do about it? So when we come back, we got something to talk about. Don't go away. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S., Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats, regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EZPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Take a bite out of your competition. 
Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. And we're talking about aging pets. What can we do? What kind of things can we expect to see as our pets age? You know, first of all, some of the basics you might notice, diminishing vision, their hearing. Uh, so I get that so many times. Is there, is there a test doc we can do for hearing or, or vision? How about vision? Well, one thing I say simply is set up an obstacle course in your home. You know, take a hallway or someplace where they frequently go and put a chair, a couple of chairs, a garbage can, an empty box, something, and see how they navigate through it. If they start bumping into things, you know you have a problem. Hearing's a little bit different. What I usually do when people complain about the dogs can't hear, I say, okay, I want you to get the dog's attention. Have them looking at me. I don't want them looking at me. And then I will give a whistle. And I'm a pretty good whistler. And all of a sudden, if they, if they startle and turn around, then obviously they heard it. Now, is it possible that there are certain degrees of hearing loss? Absolutely. Also, as dogs get older, they get more used to their environment and environmental sounds. And it's like white noise, it becomes it becomes part of the background. They are selective hearing sometimes. They hear you, but they hear you call their name a zillion times. They're just not in the mood, so they don't respond. But if something, a good clap, or if a good whistle, or there's a noise out there and they jump up and go, that's an unusual noise or something that is uh, indicates a problem or something they're used to needing protection, then they're going to respond. So keep that in mind. Arthritis. They're slower getting up. They're slower moving. They, they hesitate to go up and down stairs. Of course, organ dysfunction could be many, whether it's liver, kidneys, kidneys. They maybe start to drink a lot of water and urinating a lot. That also could indicate diabetes, another disease that we see in older dogs, or Cushing's disease. Vomiting, as I said, pancreatitis can do that. Liver disease can do that. So it's very important to know your dog. It's very important to know or, and your cat, know their normals, know their normal behavior. When I had a, one of my cats that had since passed, he was a great eater. One day, one day he woke up to food and didn't eat. I took him in and started testing because that is so out of character for him. Like you have a, a dog like a Labrador Retriever, like one of mine, and uh, he stops eating. That could be a problem because we always joke that Labradors, that's the one thing, regardless of how sick they are, they won't stop doing is eating. And if they stop eating, that's a problem. We also notice a lot of um, dementia. We call it cognitive dysfunction syndrome or canine cognitive dysfunction, and just like a person. So they are, they might circle, they might be sitting, they could be sitting and stuck, their head can stuck in a corner. And it's like they can get up and turn around, but they don't, they, they can't figure it out. They're not responding to typical stimuli that they would normally respond to. They are making, having accidents in their house right where they're sleeping. These are all things that might, that could indicate, and or could be a combination of things. But for example, you have an older dog that's getting weak and has, has arthritis and a bit of a dementia. He knows he's got to go, but it's like, oh God, 
I'm just too tired. I, I, I don't want to get up. And they just will do it right there. So these are all signs that there are some um, aging issues. So what can you do about it? What can we do to help our pets as they are going through this? I mean, the good news is they're going through it and probably because they're older than we thought. Cancers hit older animals. So you're going to be looking for tumors. When my Labrador, he was 14 and a half, my last lab, when we noticed his tumor, I ended up doing surgery on him on his 15th birthday. And he lived a year and a half after. He, I put him to sleep finally at 16 and a half. That's, that's unbelievable for a Labrador. But you got to stay on top of things, which leads me to, okay, what can we do? So for things like arthritis, make it easier for them. You know, maybe get a ramp, get a little step stool. So instead of jumping up on the bed and one which they can no longer do, make it two or three smaller jumps or steps. And they, they have so many things you can find online that you can get little steps, stepping in a little staircase, mini staircase that goes up to your bed. One thing you can also do is raise their food, their water bowl and their food bowl. So instead of, especially if it's a big dog, they don't have to put their head down so low. They can just actually eat more level to their head. So you can put them on like a little, and they have these stands that you can put their food in water bowl. That would be a nice thing to do. On rugs, if you have any rugs around the house, you know, when your dog's lying down, tries to get up, the rug is slipping, you can't get traction. I mean, it's good that you have a rug and it's not hardwood floor or linoleum or tile, but if the rug itself is slipping around, it loses its charm. But you can get some rubber backing that you can put on these rugs and that will kind of keep them stable. So if they use them to try to get up, they can. If you have a dog and you're worried about dementia, make sure you check your fencing in the backyard because you don't want them getting wandering off because they won't find their way back home. Oh, speaking of which, fencing, if you have a swimming pool, make sure, absolutely make sure that you have fencing around as if you have a small child or you have grandkids that are coming over. You need to protect your pool from the dogs themselves because a lot I've heard, I can't tell you how many countless stories and patients I've had over my many years that have drowned in the, in the family pool. So um, that's also something to be aware of. And then, you know, last thing, I would think is for also more things about cognitive dysfunction, there are toys and games and puzzles that you can give, give them to do that are self-rewarding. But the whole idea is by having to figure out how they work and they're going to do it because they're getting reward. It does keep their, it's like a mental stimulus. It keeps them sort of, they're mentally active. So some, from a cognitive perspective, these are really great too. And again, you can find so many of these online and there are a lot of good ones out there. Like they're like puzzles, just keep your mind acting, you know, whether it's you know, doing a Sudoku, whether it's doing a crossword puzzle for you, this is something it's for them that keeps them alert and active and keep using their brain. So it does help. There's also, interestingly, some good foods out there and supplements, antioxidants we know is good brain food. There's a diet out there called BD brain diet. I mean, there are many options we have. Don't ignore it and don't just since there are many easy things you can do, I highly recommend doing them. And of course, increase your checkups. Preventive medicine is way more effective, if possible, than having to deal with the problems once they start. And I recommend when a dog, a small dog or a cat is hits at least seven, excuse me, or eight, a big dog, six or seven, you should start taking them in for annual checkups, blood tests, urine, maybe x-rays. If you catch a problem early on, it's going to be a lot better than catching it later on when you're, as I said, then you're backpedaling, then you're having to do more. So it should be annual. And sometimes when dogs hit really old, like 13, 14, 15, they should be going in twice a year because six months for them is like three or four or five years for us. So again, very important to keep them mindful of that. So um, I got a, a note, by the way, let me see if I can find it quickly. It was a, a bulldog having some issues. 
and very bad skin issues. And the dog has been on some immunosuppressive medications, steroids. There are, and the writer actually was a note, complained about the feet. Bulldogs are known to have interdigital cysts, growth around the feet, pads. It's very, very important. So to be, the caller had already been to the veterinarian. It just takes patience. Cultures would be helpful. Biopsies, skin biopsies, those were not done yet. Those could be helpful. The immunosuppressive drugs, I'm mixed about those because some of these things may be allergies. One of the things you can also test for is an allergy testing and possibly better than immunosuppressive drugs. I kind of recommend if it's possible to do allergy testing and if you can identify the allergens, make serums and specifically start to hypo or desensitize your dog against those allergens, those antigens. And also keep in mind that oftentimes with these lesions, you have secondary infection. If you just treat the cause of the lesions or try to suppress the immune system to not have these problems, then we run the risk of getting and not handling the infection. It becomes the infection that's now the problem. So whenever we're dealing with bad skin, allergic skin, which it sounds like we are, um, you need to also pay attention to the secondary bacterial infections and treat those as well. So if you have any other questions, you can reach out to me directly here at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and we'll be happy to address those as well. So that's all we have time for today. If you have any other subjects that are near and dear to you, things that your pet is going through right now, things you want more information about, then please, you can reach out to us. That's uh, very important. I just answered, that was Holly Dean, uh, who I answered that. So uh, Holly Dean, if you want to reach out to me again directly, you can do so to Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And otherwise, we will be here next bat time, bat channel, same time here next Sunday, 9 a.m. in the West, noon in the East, and of course, Mountain Time and Central Time, anything in between. And uh, we will see you then. Thanks for joining me and um, have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>